Greetings from Longtime No See, the podcast. Every week, we'll be inviting two blindfolded comedians to answer a series of questions about their careers, lives, and opinions. Now, let's remove those blindfolds and start the show. Hi! What would your opening line with your celebrity crush be? Loved you in Harry Potter. <laughs> Worst date you've been on? A man bit my neck mole off once. You did what? A man bit my neck mole off. Oh my God, Jack almost fell off his chair. Be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Are you ready for season three of Discography? We're jumping into the deep end of The Who. Not only will we go through every Studio Who album in great detail, but their story is often told between albums, so we'll be touching on non-album singles, the solo works of Keith Moon, John Entwistle, Roger Daltrey, and Pete Townsend, and some of the events that would make a record begin as a concept and land as something that would universally change the world. Discography returns to Consequence Podcast Network in January of 2019, Until then, be lucky. Consequence Podcast Network. Hey, welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with. It's an interview series presented by WFPK Independent Louisville at WFPK.org. Consequence of Sound and the Consequence Podcast Network. Uh, wherever you're listening from right now, there's probably a subscribe button in front of you. Uh, whether you're checking this out on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, Acasts, YouTube, or Spotify, go ahead and hit the subscribe or follow button wherever you're checking this out from, as we put out multiple interviews every single week. I'm Kyle Meredith. Today, my guest is Dave Kooning. You probably know him as the founding guitarist of The Killers. He's got his debut solo record out now called Prismism under his uh, last name only, Kooning. And we're going to get the ins and outs of how this whole project came to be. Not only the roots of these songs and how far they go back into his career, but also the stories behind a few of the tracks and how a version of Shock Therapy helped with his creative output. We're also going to throw a little love to the Smashing Pumpkins and Queen. And of course, we're going to talk about the Killers as well. There's a whole lot to get into. He's got a great story to tell and a fantastic debut record. It's Kyle Meredith with Kooning. It's Dave Kooning. I should start out with the congratulations on this uh, on this first solo record, Prismism. It's been a really fun listen. Thank you. Well, that's what I like to hear. Yeah. I, uh, it's been, I've had to wait really patiently for it to finally come out. Had some of these songs a long time, and some of them done longer than others. So, yeah, it's an exciting time for me, at least. What, and, and we'll get into the roots of this record, but since you've already mentioned that one little part there, uh, d- does any one specific song win the, uh, the, the longest gestation award? 
good question. It might be the last song, um, Hope and Safety. That's That was uh, just something I was playing in around in a hotel room like 10 years ago, and I taped it as a voice memo and had to go searching deep to find that one and just decided to work on it one day for this album and it turned into something. Well, that's, that's, that's sort of the roots of this record, though, right? I mean, these are songs, as you've mentioned, that you've been writing over time. Uh, and, and I don't know, do, do, are these songs originally written thinking, oh, we'll put these in the Killers catalog and then, you know, whatever it doesn't take. And so here they are. Or, or, or how does it shake out? Well, while I was in the Killers, I certainly was hoping they would be used for the Killers, but I would just stockpile them anyway because you never know if I'll be. I didn't know if I was going to be making a solo album someday or, or writing for someone else. Then I would at least have all these ideas because I definitely will forget them if you don't record them on something because I forgot 90% of what I listened to. I was like, oh, yeah, that little thing I played in Soundcheck and this little thing I played in my hotel room. and So you got to keep track of it all somehow. There's an obvious freedom to independence, you know, but but I'd, I'd, I'd be curious, yeah. like, what the challenges have been for you, if, if if there have been challenges, I guess. I mean, a little. You In a band, you have to, you know, have to bounce. You have to compromise with other people and then hopefully settle on, you know, finished product that y'all like or like more or less. Maybe it's not the way you envisioned it, but um, it's a solo thing. The freedom is a is a great thing, but then you you don't have anyone to bounce any ideas off of. Um, usually, if you're just right there writing by yourself, so then you're you know you're kind of like oh this is great at least I hope it's great and then you got to show it to your your friends and other people to get their take on it or whatever. But at least I hope it's great. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean you start out like I know when I'm on to something good, but then there's also then later there's a little bit of doubt like is this as good as I thought it was. And then you got to show it to people. <laughs> well, I mean, let's take the uh, the official first single, Boat Accident, because this is as good as any of cla- any classic that you've ever been a part of. You know, th- I mean, this is a hell of a song. Like, I don't know. Is, is that one of those moments where you thought, oh, I'm on to something here? Yeah, that was a voice memo that it was just a like 30 seconds of a chord change that was kind of a fun chord change. And I was like, I found it in my pile of voice memos. And I was like, oh, that's kind of fun sounding and I was about to throw it away again or go on to the next one and I decided to work on it a little bit and it's amazing how it transformed a little bit you know once I started adding bass and keyboard to it it turned into a whole other thing and I was excited right away when I once I dug deeper into it I could tell it was something now, unless I missed it uh, this is one of those songs where the title doesn't exactly lend itself to the lyrics yeah, this is my first solo album, so one of the mistakes I made this time around was having a bunch of song titles that have nothing to do with the song. <laughs> I think I'm going to try and change that next time around because then no one knows what I'm talking about. But yeah, I, I would often need a title for Pro Tools because I can't just have like a million songs called Idea Number 3. Right. So I would have... I would put in something, you know, either it was be watching the news and something would give me just a quick, okay, fine. That was the last thing I saw on the news was this. Some guy on San Diego who had to be rescued by the Coast Guard because he was on a yacht and it crashed. <laughs> and there's the song. And, um, and there's, I just like, okay, boat accident, Pro Tools. <laughs> and then um, it doesn't really have any uh, meaning to the rest of the song, and, but, th- but it, it does like there is sort of a metaphor there about being in over your head maybe or something there's so i kind of sometimes am influenced a little bit by these temporary titles and then they usually stay 
unless I can think of something better. And I didn't want to necessarily like just call the song title, whatever the chorus was. But next time around, I'll think of something easier because <laughs> this is just too confusing. Everyone's, well, you don't say prismism and prismism either. And then yeah. You don't say, you know, Queen's Finest and the Queen's Finest. So, but I you've also got was, a band. Um, I mean, you've got a band to, I'm certain, you know, when you take this out live, they had to learn those songs. And it, like, I, I'm guessing that was part of it. Like, which one is that? Yeah, it was. They know them now, but there was a little bit of that at first. So I guess some people will figure it out, or maybe uh, I don't know. Maybe they can modify the search engines for major <laughs> lyrics or whatever to work, so people can find it. It's not that difficult. I mean, I don't want to paint that too dark. Yeah. There is, you know, it's just sure, sure, sure. Plenty of moments in in history where this has worked out fine for the artist or the song. So. Yeah, it's. It's more fun because for me, because sometimes I look at bands, CDs and records because I'm still, you know, I still enjoy the physical and I'll be like, oh, sometimes it just looks cool seeing the cool track names. Yeah. And and then I don't know, some of my, like I said, I didn't want to just call each song by whatever I was singing in the chorus because I just didn't think that would is cool for me do you find that you write with your your own voice in mind or or do you write with other people's voices in mind sometimes uh good question i usually i try and write with my own voice in mind but sometimes i think because i'm a little newer to the singing part sometimes when i actually came time to sing it it didn't match what i had in my head i'd be like oh i thought i could sing this a little different but i don't sound like that so then I would have to adjust the way I sing um, a little bit, and maybe I thought I could like scream over it better, but it just wasn't something I could pull off. So then I would have to approach it differently. And I, I guess that you know that coming from you know having been in a band all this time, and, and usually you know that you're writing with someone that's uh, someone else that's going to sing it, you know, one way or the other. So yeah, it was uh, another learning process for me. <laughs> with that in mind, too. I've been reading, like, you've been mentioning the Smashing Pumpkins a whole lot, too, and I kind of wonder how big of an influence they might have had on this record. Uh, Well, certainly a little bit, because they were an influence when I, many years ago, when I was uh, learning guitar. So they were an influence on my playing um, long ago, and that stayed with me. And then they've sort of resurfaced with a new album, and which I think has some really good stuff on it. And, um, you know, I, I saw them live, and I got to play with them. So it seemed like I was, I've was i been listening to them more recently again. And, yeah, it's, it's fun for me to have a little more guitar freedom than I maybe would normally have. You know, I literally can do whatever I want. That was, that's the one thing people are a little surprised. They thought the whole record was going to be like a heavy metal record or something. <laughs> and I was like, well, no, but, but you know, I'll definitely have more guitar stuff. That's never going to change. I'm always going to have guitar heavy songs down the road just because I'm not going to like bend regarding to trends or anything like that. If, 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 you know, um, there's someone has to do it. So I still have a lot of the, that stuff that's always in me, but, but then I embraced the keyboard side of me too, because, because I love that stuff. So, and most people don't know that I can play keyboards before this record, so I enjoy both. Well, I guess that's that's why you know the the pumpkins sort of stood out because that's what I saw. I was like, oh yeah, there's a band who've got so many different sounds, and Corgan even went through his uh, his own synth phase, uh, I believe. And I won't try to draw too direct <laughs> of a parallel there. Just kind of a you know, 
yeah. as I see it pop up and everything. Which, by the way, I'll echo you that uh, that new EP and and Silvery sometimes, especially, I think, is one of their their best singles like in his career. Yeah, yeah that's one of my favorites. That's came out in a long time. That's a really good song. Um, but no, there is a the parallel you speak of is true with them and if, and probably a few other bands like Queen, where it's like okay to not stick to one thing. It's okay to be different every song. Mm-hmm. That's what I set out to do, to not really think too much about it. Like, oh, this song I wrote on acoustic, so I'll start with that. This song I wrote on keyboard, so I'll start with that and so forth. That's probably how I'll be going forward. I'll, I'll hit to the other side and, and probably, you know, a bit of the gorilla in every interview room that you're in right now, <laughs> because usually listeners tend to think of songs about the artist's love life or, or something like that. But, it, you know, it's it, this is kind of one of those because of the timing, it's hard not to listen to some of these lyrics as reflective of what your relationship is, has been with the killers. And I wonder how real or fictional that might that perception might be. Well, there is a there is a percentage that's fiction and a percentage that's real, and I don't want to give away that percentage. <laughs> Fair, um, but it's also about you didn't you forgot to mention it is about a lot of my past relationships with you know exes and so forth mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. That's that's probably more about that than than people think. People have been focused on the killers part a lot, but. Um, my personal life is a little bit mysterious because I don't talk about it, but there's plenty of drama in it. Yeah. I promise you that. <laughs> uh, I, I want to bring up one, and, and of course, obviously, you have all the freedom to go into it or not, but uh, you had mentioned like having to go through some form of shock therapy recently, and which that sounds... Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, I didn't know which article I printed that or not. Yeah, it was a, a helpful thing called the Bean Protocol, where they kind of... I don't know how to explain it. They kind of shock the cobwebs out of you, and then you're like, can think a little more clearly. And I felt like I was more. He he told me that some of his his cases, the people had better grades after, or or kids just behaved better or whatever. And I was more creative after. I don't know if that was like a placebo effect yeah. or if it was real, but I felt like I wrote a lot of stuff after that. In a small amount of time. So maybe I'll have to do it again here in another six months. But I've been, ever since I dove into this project, I feel like was, I've been, had a little more energy to do this. Like I started with one, I was like, because it was a little intimidating at first, like, okay, here we go, making a whole solo album. I started with one idea and that went really well, which made me want to go right into another one and another one and another one and another one. And I still feel the same. Like I still want to just keep working on my voice memos because I'll probably never finish getting working on my voice memos and writing new stuff at the same time. I, I hope that shock therapy helped. I think it did. I mean, is that why you seek it out to kind of uh, to kind of, you know, knock you into a, a creative state? Was that was that the reason? No, I was just seeing a psychologist to see if I could make myself better. You know, um, I'm, I get distracted easily. Uh, I'm always thinking about things. I, I feel like I'm always thinking about something or something is weighing on my mind and I like wish I wasn't. So it's like hard for me to shake that. Well, there's that line and um, that line in high places that I'll bring up right there. Today will be different or at least I'll try. Yeah, I guess that's sort of an optimistic line. <laughs> So that's like you got to you got to be optimistic every now and then. So that's um yeah. Yeah. That's I, a, I like that line. It's another great song too. I mean there there's so many good songs in this. And and hearing you talk about 
you know, that, that you're going to continue. And, and, you know, I've heard you mentioned that you're already writing for the next record in, in at least some way, in, in a way that you have mm-hmm. been already. I mean, you just continue writing every day. I know that's, that's sort of part of the job. What's the lessons learned? I mean, uh, are, are, has anything been obvious already after having created this one that you're going to, aside from your, your song titles, that you're, <laughs> you're like, oh, okay, this is, this is how we actually do it? Yeah. <laughs> Other than the song titles. Yeah. The song titles, I suppose I've learned a lot more about my voice, and I've also learned – I'm kind of torn. There's two different philosophies. One is just to do whatever it takes in the studio to sound good and not worry about what you do live. And there's and then there's another one of like, well, how are you going to pull this off live and strip it back a little bit? So I'm kind of fighting with those two things right now because there's some of the, my favorite guitar players on the record. I'm not able to play because they're too tricky for me to sing at the same time, mm-hmm. which is a bummer because, you know, I want to be the one playing them, but I have to sing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's my voice. So, so I don't know, like, I don't know if it, maybe it, that's just something that I'm thinking about for the next record, like trying to figure out, you can change the melody slightly so that you can play it at the same time, but then, but you, you hopefully that's the better melody. Otherwise you're like sacrificing what could have been better if you didn't worry about it. Anyway, yeah, no, it's all it's all I, I hear that from a lot of artists, too. as a fan. And, and I'm going to project a little bit here uh, as a fan. I would want the artist to create the arts on on the record, you know, to be as timeless and classic and amazing it as it can be. Yeah. And then, you know, if the live show is yeah. different, I'm not bothered by that at all. You know, it's personally. Yeah, I think I agree. I, um, I'll probably approach it that way. It's just uh, it's just the reality I'm in now. I'm on the road, and I'm like, dang it, I can't play this, you know. Like, I, so you're right, though. I'll just I'll just figure it out. Now, do you stick with just the solo stuff, or are you representing your past with the Killers in the live show? Do you ever pull out any of those, or plan to? I'm not playing any Killer stuff right now. Uh, it's 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 a real debatable thing. I, I like. It would probably bother a lot of people, and rightfully so. The real danger is because I'm tempted to play Killer's song once and then say, hey, I'm just going to do this this one time, um, so here it goes. And then they would expect it every time. You know what I mean? They'd be like, oh, you play that, and then be hollering it out. So it's like it's a slippery slope is what it is. Well, I mean, you have so many examples of artists who have had to go through this themselves. You know, their past versus their present versus their future and how mm-hmm. to how to live in whatever moment that you need to be living in. So, you know, it's yeah, I've read that story uh, a few times. I kind of without having gone through it myself, I kind of understand a little bit of the ordeal <laughs> to a certain degree. Yeah, I don't know. And, 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 and I will say it's tempting. Yeah, I, I would love to hear it. If I, if I came to your show, of course, you've been a part of those songs. Your songs have been a part of my life. And in so many other people's lives, mm-hmm. you know, as as part of that band. So I don't know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be angry. I guess is what I'm saying. <laughs> you wouldn't be angry. I, I well, be. I'm not. I'm not going to say never. Mm-hmm. I just want people. I just want people to come to my shows not expecting to hear them. Yeah. But but who knows? But, Anything is possible down the road. Yeah, we'll see. That's cool. The the thing that you created, you know, as the story goes, that you were the, the one who kind of put everything in motion, and and now. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a press photo and you're not in it. And today there is a new single and, and, and it's, not, you're, it's different. The thing that you started is still continuing without you. Is that, is that weird? It's a little weird. It's something I wrestle at in my mind. Like, I don't know quite how to feel about. Um, yeah, it's a machine. 
and that's kind of what happened with the touring. You know, it's a it's a machine that just couldn't stop. Mm-hmm. Like once they want to tour, they don't. They want to tour for like a year and a half because they want to make money and then i don't i you know they just have so many places to get to and it's a whole you know thing of press in this area and crews getting paid and they can they can't do three months but they can do two years so i wasn't i was not willing to go a full like two years or a year and a half even it was just a lot to swallow at once um and i and i've done that four other times where i did do the whole two-year tour so i know what it's like um yeah, it just got it just grew and grew and grew into this like I said this big machine that can't be stopped. It's a it's no easy decision, you know, to like get off this this machine that's playing you know arenas and stadiums and all this other stuff. I um you know, I I'll be honest, I feel like I'm missing out at times, but um I felt like I almost had no I really felt like I had no choice. I was like I can't do this whole tour and it was like kind of an all or nothing ultimatum. So I was like, okay, well then I can't do do it, I guess. Yeah. It's a very interesting story. <laughs> I guess that's what it is. You know, it's... Yeah. But, you know, if it's led to this music, and, and, and I don't want to, you know, to overshadow this because Prismism is such a strong debut record. You know, for someone who's been doing it for 20 years and this would be your debut solo record, it's a hell of a debut, Dave. And I think you need major congratulations on that. Thank you so much. I, uh, been a long time coming and now that i've now that i've started i'm just just enjoy making music and uh can't you know i can't wait to do more yeah it's uh it gets fun from here yeah i I hope you're right it's been a pleasure talking to you i I really mean that and and thanks again uh for taking the time and congrats on prismism man thank you so much all right we'll see you around all right see you big old thanks to dave kooning again the new kooning record is prismism and hey, if you haven't already, please, please, please hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening from right now. Acast, Podchaser, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you're listening from, hit that subscribe button. Uh, you can then head over to WFPK.org. That's where I do a show every Monday through Thursday from noon to 3 Eastern, where you can also find some bonus episodes of this series over there. You can find me at Twitter at Kyle Meredith, Facebook slash Kyle Meredith. Does it for this episode. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.